when I started this business back in 2008, like I said, I had $27 in my pocket. Within six months, I was making six figures and I wasn't working full time. And I have always worked my business around my family and most recently with my granddaughter. She's seven. She sits with me. She has a little computer in my office. She sits and, and works on Canva. If I'm making graphics for something, she creates her graphics. If I'm doing a mastermind call, she sits with her dollies and she does her mastermind call. You know, as we are growing our business, we're modeling to our daughters how to take a risk on themselves, how to stand up and be a leader, how to build their business. Hey, Queens. You know who you are. God, come on. Go ahead and put that crown in your head. Now tilt a little to the left. Now a little to the right. Perfect. Now let's get to work. Because we know you got big goals. And you got big dreams. And not afraid to let them know. Why? Because you step into your purpose. You speak out on your faith. And you shift up in your journey. Because you a boss. Welcome to the podcast, Drop the Expiring Act with your host, Veli of QueenBayGoals.com. Reminding you that you are a queen before anything else. It's your life and your goals. Make it royal. Alright y'all, go ahead and work that crown. Hey, Queen Babe. Welcome to another episode of the Drop This Finite Podcast. Today, we're talking to author, entrepreneur, and creative Anza Goodbar. And Anza, we're going to get into your aspiring act story because I want to hear all about it. So you said you were aspiring for 40 years before you said, you know what? I'm going to become a competitive ballroom dancer. So tell us who is Anza and how she got into competitive ballroom dancing. I love it. <laughs> all right. Well, I'll tell you what. Wanting to be a ballroom dancer goes all the way back to when I was like seven or eight years old. And I saw wow. a dance sport on PBS as a little girl. And I saw these women dancing across the dance floor in these beautiful ballroom dancing, you know, dresses and the shoes and the makeup and the hair and the handsome man and the whole nine years, <laughs> I wanted it all. But I'll tell you what, I didn't have any rhythm. My kids wouldn't Aww. let me clap at church because they're like, no, mama, you're not hitting the beat. And so <laughs> it was like, you know, my whole life is like, no, mama, no, no. And um, finally, I was like at a place in my life where I felt yeah. like life was just passing me by. And that was something that I always wanted to do. And I happened to be on Craigslist of all the places and I was looking for a housekeeper and there was an ad for a ballroom dance instructor. Oh, now, I lived in Colorado Springs, but this ad was for somebody up in Denver, <clears throat> which was about an hour and a half from where I lived. And I thought, I'm just going to type to him and say, you know, hey, what do you think? And I said, you know, I'm kind of a middle-aged chubby woman, no rhythm do you think there's any kind of hope? And he wrote back to me and he said, if you can walk, you can dance. And I thought, oh. hmm, well, maybe if I don't chew gum, maybe we could give this a try. And of course he laughed. And so I took my oldest daughter with me because I was like, I don't know if this guy's safe. He's on Craigslist, right? 
And right. so she went with me and I said, I just want to learn one dance at a time. I'm really feeling overwhelmed with all of this. And he said, well, usually we teach three or four at a time because there's so many similarities. You'll learn how to dance mm -hmm. more quickly. So I said, all right. So we started off with the Foxtrot. And my daughter's sitting over there videoing me and she's like, telling my other kids, mama's dancing. And they're like, no, said proof, right? And um, you know, I went home and I was so excited. It was like, I really could do it, I, you know, despite mm -hmm. what everybody told me. And so about three lessons in, I sit my dance professional down and I said, have you heard of those dancing competitions? You know, as if this was a novel idea only I knew about, right? And he said, <laughs> yes. And so I'm thinking in my mind, this is like a 10 year goal. And I said, do you think I could ever be ready to do that? That has just been a dream of mine. Now this was the middle of February when I started. And he says, well, there happens to be one of those dance competitions in June, right here in Denver. Oh, wow. Let's do it. And I was like, oh, do you think I could be ready? Oh, I don't know. I mean, that's really fast. And he said, you know what? We'll do as much as you want to do. So I'm here to tell you that I learned how to do 11 different styles of dancing. Oh. And I competed wow. in four short months at my first dance competition. And it was the most exhilarating moment of my life. The, the hair, the makeup, the sparkly outfits, it was everything I'd ever dreamed of and more. <laughs> and the beautiful dance partner, right? <laughs> yes, he was a handsome Cuban boy. Oh my goodness. Yeah, we had so much fun. I love it. <laughs> So that goes dreams don't die when you're six when you're six and you grow up you can still have that dream I love you can it. <laughs> still have that dream and you know it's never too late to make one of your dreams come true no matter who tries to talk you out of it if it's important to you do it mm -hmm. you know I I danced competitively for five years and it was some of the best memories I'd ever made um, you know, I traveled to different cities. I made amazing friendships. And, you know, if I still had the time, I would still be, you know, competitively dancing. Now I just social dance, which is a lot of fun too. But, you know, I still have my dance shoes. I still have those beautiful clothes hanging up. And it's like, you never know. You never know. I love they it. Have... Now mama's got rhythm. That's right. That, <laughs> and my kids never would have believed it. <laughs> All right, so you guys know this season we're talking, I love I love that story, but this season we're talking all about fears and failures. And Anza has her story to share, which started in um, 2008 with an industry clash. So take us back to 2008. Mm, my goodness. Well, I'm gonna take you back just a little bit further than that. I um, didn't go to college until I was 38. I was a, a pregnant teenager at 16. And so my life of raising babies started right away. And mm -hmm. so when I was done with college in 2004, my oldest son said, mom, I want to start a mortgage company. And so I said, let's do it. I had just graduated from college. I was ready for a new adventure. And so we had a boutique um, company 
We worked primarily with people who had subprime credit. We created a credit repair system. So we got them into a loan and then we worked with them to get them into a better loan. And it was a two year process. It was working beautifully. And then 2008 came and just like <laughs> overnight, um, our business came to an end. Well, while I had my mortgage company, I had met a woman who was a virtual assistant and she kept telling me, you need to hire one of my people to help you at your business. We're qualified to do X, Y, Z. And I looked her in the face and I said, sweetie, that is the dumbest idea I have ever heard. I said, I have a brick and mortar company People come into my company, you know, physically, they need to be given coffee, taken to a signing room, made comfortable, um, you know, photocopies need to be made to set up loan document packages, all of that. Somebody can't do that from home. So when this crash happened, initially, I thought, you know what, this is going to be a bubble. It's, the market's going to self-correct. It's going to be all right. Mm -hmm. Well, when it became apparent that it wasn't going to be all right, I picked up the phone and I called my friend and I said, you know, you really had a brilliant idea when we talked. <laughs> and I said, do you just like that same, that idea? same idea? And she's like, I know, right? And I was like, oh, man, luckily she didn't make me eat a lot of crow. But um, <laughs> I said, do you think I could do what you do? And, you know, initially, I really thought I'm just going to bring in some income to tide us over. This is going to be okay. We're going to figure it out we started doing some commercial stuff and commercial stuff while you make a lot more money, it takes a lot longer to get to the closing table. And, you know, we were just running out of time. We lost our business. We lost our home. We lost our cars. We lost our pride. I mean, it was a tough situation. And so when I started my online business, I had $27 in my bank account and it's like, you know what? I've got to figure it out. I still had kids at home and it's like, mm -hmm. I don't have a choice. So I thought because I had all of this mortgage experience that maybe I could work, you know, for a bigger bank or a bigger mortgage company that didn't work out. I went to see a headhunter and he said, well, you are very marketable. So I would imagine I could help you get a job making 50 or $65,000 a year. And I was like, yeah, that's not going to work. My bills far exceed that. And I thought, well, I have 12 years of event planning experience. I could be a remote event planner. I could be a travel director, you know? And so I thought I could do all these things. I have all this experience and none of those things came to pass. But what did come to pass was women who wanted to start a business or a woman who had plateaued in her business came to me to help her refine business strategies and figure out, you know, how to get to her next. And so that's what I started doing through my, I call it a virtual business services company because I never did traditional VA kind of work. And okay. as I was working with women, I found out 
that, you know, it wasn't that she didn't have a great product. It wasn't that she didn't have great customer service. Maybe she needed some help with strategies and processes and SOPs and that kind of thing. But a lot of it was these women didn't believe in themselves. They didn't believe that they deserved to have success because everybody in their inner circle was, you know, yapping in their ear saying, take the easy road, um, stay in your nine to five, get that every two week paycheck, you know, you need benefits, you got to have that job, it doesn't matter if you hate it, at the end of the day, you go home and, you know, you live this split life and pretend to be happy and um, women wanted more. So in 2016, I became um, a John Maxwell certified coach. And I started working with women a whole lot more on mindset and what goes into building a business above and beyond. Because if you don't believe that you can have something or should have something, then you're going to create self-sabotaging behaviors. You're going to listen to that self-judging voice that we all have and think, you know, I'm not good enough because I don't have enough experience or I don't have the education or somebody's been doing it longer than me or the market is so saturated. I dare not even try. Yes, I know. I know. And, you know, we all do that. And so we have to be able to create strategies to combat the lies and replace them with truth. And, um, you know, along the way, um, I created what I call life design strategies, where I help women um, design businesses built around their passions, their experience, their skills, so they can fully live out their purpose. And while doing that, we define, you know, who is it that they want to work with? What kinds of things do they want to do? And especially since COVID hit, um, helping women build businesses where they can be at home with their kids and still make a great income and not have to work full time. I love it. I love it. So did you ever think at any point, okay, I'm going to have to go back into, you know, starting going back to my mortgage company. Did that ever cross your mind at any point in your journey? You know what? It didn't. And mostly because the market prevented me from going backwards because in the subprime part of the mortgage industry, that never recovered. It was just simply over. And we were such a small company. We could not compete with the programs that the larger banks had. We didn't have access to those programs and our clientele could never qualify for those not, you know, not the initial ones who were coming to us. And so it was like the point of no return. It was figure out something else. And I didn't know all the steps to take, Um, you know, building an online business back then (laughs) was a new thing. I mean, Facebook was just getting started when I opened my business. Uh Twitter was Uh just getting started. Instagram wasn't even thought of yet. I don't even know if LinkedIn was there. Um, You know, and so all of these things that we have available to us now for building an online business was non-existent. And so it was word of mouth. Um, like everything else that I had done in my life. I mean, it never occurred to me I couldn't do it online. I just had to tell enough people what I was doing. And, you know, I was very fortunate that it it worked out. Well, good for you. So what do you say to the woman who's still at home now? Mm -hmm. Um, Homeschooling, not sure. How can I have a business 
and still homeschool my kids and still generate enough income? Like, what do you tell them to get out of that aspiring phase and just go mm-hmm. do it? Well, first of all, I would say to them, I'm a grandmother now and I'm helping raise a seven-year-old granddaughter. And we went through the virtual schooling. I've been her primary caregiver. My daughter lives with me since she was born. And so I have always built my business around my family. That has been my number one priority. I was a single mom and I needed to figure out how I could be at you know, the sporting events and all of the other things that kids have. So I want you to know that you can build a business around your lifestyle. It is possible. Um, You also can build a business around your passions and your past experience and know that your skills can be incredibly transferable into whatever it is that you want to do. Like I told you before, I started my business with $27. I, I was down to nothing. So you can start a business with very little um, investment. Um, and I think the fact that you're thinking about doing it tells you that you are fully resourced to do it. Because if you're not entrepreneurial at heart, the thought of starting a business never enters your mind. It just doesn't. And so if you've thought about it, you have what it takes to make it happen. Um, You just have to be willing to take a risk. The hardest part for me when I started my mortgage company was going from an every, you know, Friday paycheck. I had gotten very used to that in my life. And when we went into our mortgage business, we got paid when we closed loans. And so initially it was a little bit lean, but then, you know, after a while it was like, great, we're closing 20 loans a month. This is fabulous, right? But you have to get, be willing to step into the idea of you're betting on yourself. And if you take consistent work every day, if you've made a plan and you work the plan, I would say the biggest mistake that women make when they go into business is not creating a business plan. They think, oh, it's just this document that you need to show an investor and then it just goes into a file. But really it outlines exactly what it is that you want to accomplish in your business and it keeps you focused and on track. And if you don't know where you're going, you're going to fail because you're going to confuse being busy with being productive. And you think, oh, if I'm busy, I'm successful. But busyness doesn't generate sales, you know? So, yeah. All right. So I'm grabbing my pen because I need to know too. (laughs) (laughs) How can they work with you? How can we find you? How can we work with you? What kind of programs do you have that um, our listeners can join? Sure. Well, I'm super easy to find. Um, Anne's a good bar. You can Google me. Pages and pages of stuff will come up. Um, my my website is ansagoodbar.com, and I do have a new program that I designed specifically for women post COVID, uh, because I believe that our environment is changing forever, and I don't think that a lot of jobs that disappeared are going to come back. And while we're talking about opening up our schools, I mean, even just a few minutes before we hopped on this conversation, you know, they're talking about different strains of COVID. And so we may see additional rounds of additional strains that are going to suck us back into 
a similar cycle of what we're in now with having to virtually school our kids. And for some families, we may just choose to do that for safety purposes. And that's absolutely our choice as, as moms and, and families. So um, I've created, a, a, it's a combination of a mastermind group and a mentoring program. So you get to have the community part of the mastermind, but then you also get the step-by-step processes. And so I'm going to take women through the whole journey of writing a business plan, getting all of that in place. We're going to create a branding guide. We're going to nail down your branding language. We're going to create your irresistible offer. I have over 150 free resources and ways to get PR for your business that any woman who is starting out can use to um, run her business without having to pay for a lot of different applications and software. Um, And then we're going to walk all the way through launch and I'll share several different launch strategies. You know, the thing is that there are so many programs out there, you know, buy my program, use this funnel. It's going to be great. Cookie cutter doesn't work. And so you're going to walk away with a, customized plan for you. You'll go through the program with other women who are working maybe on entirely different businesses, but the fundamental foundational parts of building the business are the same. And each woman will be able to meet with me for 90 minutes before we get started to lay out what her first quarter is. When I started this business back in 2008, like I said, I had $27 in my pocket. Within six months, I was making six figures and I wasn't working full time. And I have always worked my business around my, my, my family and most recently with my granddaughter. Um, she's seven. She sits with me. She has a little computer in my office. She sits and, and works on Canva. If I'm making graphics for something, she creates her graphics. If I'm doing a mastermind call, she sits with her dollies and she does her mastermind call. And so as, <laughs> it's fantastic. It. And, you know, as we are growing our business, we're modeling to our daughters how to take a risk on themselves, how to stand up and be a leader, how to build their business. She came home from school the other day and she asked me about, um, have I ever put together a presentation? And I said, yes, yes, I have. And so we got out PowerPoint and she built her own little presentation. She's seven. She has already written seven books and they're all about mindset from mindlessness to mindfulness is her favorite book. Mm -hmm. And so part of being able to be at home and be available to school their your kids you're also teaching them enrichment that they're not going to get in the standardized classroom anyway and i think that that's a huge benefit for moms to be able to model that for their kids especially their daughters because We live in a world where boys are taught leadership in a very different way than girls are. And this gives us an opportunity to model what a powerful, courageous woman is to our daughters. I love it. My daughter is six years old and I was coming in here to do the podcast and she's like, mommy, you're going to do your podcast now? (laughs) (laughs) My podcast, I didn't even know about podcasts, what, 20 years ago? (laughs) Well, you know, we started a YouTube channel with my granddaughter just for family and friends to keep up because we were so far away. So she Mm -hmm. does little training videos and little presentations and she will write a play and do her little play or whatever. 
And it's wonderful because it teaches them confidence. It teaches them straight stage presence. It teaches them good speaking skills. It teaches them logic to be able to line up their thoughts in a way that makes sense to other people. And they start to learn that it doesn't have to be perfect to take action. And so, and I love that they're learning it so young. They do. And they're so resilient. They're so resilient. And they will just mimic what they see. And so, you know, they learn from a very early age that it's okay to fail. It's okay to fail. And I would invite every woman listening to us today to say that out loud. It's okay to fail because that means, right? right? (laughs) Because that means we're learning and we're growing and we're trying new things. It's when you're not failing that you should be concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. So we always end the podcast with a quote and yours was, for our success to be real, it must contribute to the success of others by Eleanor Roosevelt. So tell us why is that a quote that you live by? Mm. Well, because throughout my whole life, I was always in the right place at the right time. Somebody saw potential in me and gave me an opportunity. And so I believe that that needs to come full circle, Mm -hmm. that we need to be able to reach out our hand and help somebody else come up to the next level of what they're doing. And I also believe that it's scriptural and in the Bible, God tells us that we need to have three types of people in our life. One would be a Paul who is a mentor to us. One is a Barnabas who is an encourager for us. And one is a Timothy. That's somebody that we're mentoring and helping along the way. And so I, I love Eleanor Roosevelt. Everything that, that she was is just so inspiring. Um, but I just felt like it went with what my core beliefs were. I love and it. how you should run a business and, you know, and live your life too. I love that. So you guys make sure you find Anja at all the, all the websites, all the links will be down below. But I, I want to mention one more thing before we go that she just mentioned that she also does a Bible study. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and how can they find you to come join in this? Absolutely. The best way to find me would be to reach out to me on Facebook send me a, a direct message or you can email me at anza at anzagoodbar.com. And um, I am just starting this Bible study and it is all going to be about Christian leadership and business principles based on the Bible. And it will be a great place for women to join. And then also if they would like, I pray every week for one woman in her business, you can send me your information. I still have slots available on my camera or on my camera, on my calendar. And um, I would love to pray for you and your business and you can share a verse that's special to you. And I'll, I'll pray that scripture. Um, oh, I love it. Okay, so I'll definitely be sending that after. <laughs> oh, good, please do. All right, so you guys make sure you follow Anza and make sure you check out her stuff, especially that business training because um, I'm going to be looking into it myself. <laughs> <laughs> Just so you know, when you see that email coming from Lavelle, you know, yeah, she said that she was going to do that. All right, you guys. So make sure you can stay tuned for the next episode of the Drop the Aspire and Act podcast. You have been listening to another episode of Drop the Aspiring Act. If you're looking for more information on this podcast and other episodes, please visit QueenBayGoals.com. That's Q-U-E.